Rolling Dice and Taking Names is sponsored by The Broken Token, creator of high-quality gaming accessories and storage solutions. Visit them online at thebrokentoken.com. Hey, y'all. On this fourth anniversary episode of RDTN, the guys review Star Wars Destiny starter sets, Paris Connection, and they answer listener questions. Well, our family has a few questions for you. Why aren't you ever home anymore? Yeah, and what happened to that segment you recorded with Travis and I a year ago? Where are all the moon pies? Happy anniversary, baby. Got you on my mind. Happy anniversary, baby. Got you on my mind. Welcome to Rolling Dice and Taking Name. This is episode number 108. In the air tonight, we are a proud member of the Dice Tower Network, and I'm Tony. And this is Marty. And once again, Marty, we are face-to-face. Oh my gosh, that's twice in one year. I think it's more than that. Is it more? Oh, that's oh, right. All the cons. the cons. That's right. We've done it at game stores. We've done it at cons. But yes, we had to get together because this is our fourth anniversary episode. In the air tonight. I have no clue. No clue. I was going to ask you, I honestly have no clue why this is called In the Air Tonight. Well, who sang it? Phil Collins. Phil Collins. Now, and Phil Collins went into retirement. Okay. And he is coming out of retirement to go on tour. Okay. When he went on retirement, he had this really long-winded thing about how nobody loved him. He had a pity party and, you know, nobody appreciates me. And they were mocking him in the 80s and the 90s. And now that he's back, everybody's like, no, 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 we loved you, dude. And I just thought it was neat because I just remember... You know, In the Air Tonight was such a great song. What's that have to do with this episode, though? I'm still confused. Uh, Well, first off, it's one of my favorite artists. And then not everything has to be about the episode. So you just like willy-nilly just pull a song out of the air and go, I like that song, but it has nothing to do with this episode whatsoever. And for four years, how else do you think I've been doing this? Oh, that's a very good point. So Phil Collins over Genesis? Phil Collins over Genesis. Question? Uh, yes, I think for me it, it would be. Okay. Just because, just you know, it's a studio. <laughs> Well, then why didn't you call this this the studio? (laughs) Because I prefer in the air tonight. But no, that's why. Because he's coming out of retirement. And I just thought it was interesting that he chose to do that. And it's going back on tour. I mean, you know, if that man can still go on tour at his age, what can you and I do? Well, we've got through four years of a podcast. And it doesn't seem like we're going to be stopping anytime soon, I hope. I hope not. Especially all this podcast. We, We got tons of questions to answer tonight. Yes, we did. We decided to post out to our guild on our Facebook page, listener questions. Tony, you and I really never do this. Uh, I think maybe we've done it before, maybe for our anniversary episodes. It's like, hey, let's do it again for our anniversary Mm -hmm. episodes. It's been a year since we give people a chance to ask us questions. And a lot of people responded. So we're going to be going through those. We're going to be doing a couple of five-minute initiatives for some quick games that uh, we got in to play. One of them's brand new and one of them's like four or five years old. So we're reviewing an older game which people have asked for also. We also did that thinking, how can we fill the fourth episode with content? How can we be lazy? But more importantly... <laughs> the fourth anniversary <laughs> fourth episode. Fourth anniversary, thank you. Also, near the end, we will talk about our annual survey and the opportunities that people will have to give us feedback on the show to help us mold, create, change, modify, whatever you want to do. Delete. Delete. Exactly. I agree with you on that. The show. And it's going to be simple. We'll talk more about that, but be sure to pay attention. So hang around 
for that. This is our way of making you listen to it because you don't know when it's going to be and what you'll get and all that good stuff. <laughs> oh, there will be prizes, eh? Yes, there's always prizes. We we have to figure out some way to get people to <laughs> get fill this an out. an incentive to go fill out the little survey. Uh, that's exactly right. Now, I will want I do want to mention here that big news this past week. Big uh, news. Big news. You know, right after um, Thanksgiving, Cyber Monday, and all that cool stuff, My Little Pony RPG. Oh, my gosh. I'm not going to do the Middle Earth RPG like I planned for 2017. Bam. There it is. My Little Pony RPG. Yes. Because everything's rainbows. So they're coming out with an RPG series based in the My Little Pony world. That's right. As I posted as a poll over in Rolling Dice Taking Name Board Game Guild. How did that go? Actually, not as well as the Pop-Tart mm-hmm. poll, which got... <laughs> <laughs> that was insane. We can ask all these serious polls about games, but Tony goes in, post a poll about what is your favorite Pop-Tart flavor, and people lose their mind and vote, 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 vote. <laughs> I know. And strawberry is clearly the winner. Well, not clearly. It was like 30 plus percent. But anyway, My Little Pony RPG. Once again, I mean, there. think about that. I mean, what does that, what does that, what does that say? What does that say about the gaming industry as a whole? I think I'm looking at this. I'm I'm looking online at this and basically you're going to create your own pony. So you're going to play as a pony and and you're going to play in the magical world of Equestria. Mm-hmm. I didn't even realize that was the name of the place was Equestria. So they're coming out with a core book, and the core book will give you all your details about how to roll a pony. <laughs> roll, roll a pony. A pony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Typical roll a pony. And for the GM to get some hints on, on how to play. And I see here they've announced today there's going to be like a GM screen and all this stuff and everything. So I will say that I think that is very cool for Kids who are into My Little Pony and parents who want to introduce them in the gaming, I think this is going to be a, a great way to do it. But are they building on, A, the success of the resurgence of D&D because of Stranger Things, five edition, you know, fifth edition rules coming out, and you know, just all the board gaming that's coming on? Did they jump on the bandwagon and, and do this? I don't know. We tried the CCG for My Little Pony. It was a very good game. It was a very good game. I guess it's still out there. I think they're still mm-hmm. releasing updates for it. No, I think this is just a way to get another product into the market in the R- RPG genre. Uh, for those who may be interested in My Little Pony. And, Tony, we know uh, there are a lot of adults who are really into My Little Pony who will probably get into this, too. Now, on the uh, poll, you did say, you know, should we we play a game of this? I will tell you this right now. I'm yes. not, not promising anything, but if you want to GM a My Little Pony game and you want to get some of our good friends in the media mm-hmm. who might want to come on the show and do a one-shot RPG of My Little Pony, and we think we could pull it off and it be entertaining, I will consider it. Okay. Because I was serious on the poll that that could be go in with you, me, Chaz, Jamie, whoever we could get as a Jack Vassal Memorial Fund auction item, a one shot with My Little Pony. I was I was kidding, but kind of serious because that would be... Cause you, I mean, that would be almost, but we'd have to get the ponies rolled. We'd have to get all that going. And, but some of the comments, I could just see this going way off the road. Oh, and I think we could put together a crew or a party that would have a blast with this. So, hey, it's something to consider in 2017, right? Plenty of time to plan it. So we'll wait for one week till and then do what we normally do. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's about par for but, the course. But what's really neat is you got some new book. That, yes, I did. It kind of relates to the yeah. whole RPG thing. There is. Oh, and he's showing me. This is the beautiful thing about being across. I mean, he gets to show me the stuff he wants to talk about. And did you actually take, take a look at these yes, books? Yes, I did. You did take a look. All right. So I ran into Ivan Van Norman, uh, Gen Con. Now, Ivan is actually somebody I've, I've seen before. He was a contestant on a show that I used to watch on TBS called uh, King of the Nerds. He was on season one. It was like a reality show for geeks Mm -hmm. is basically what it was. And he was one of the contestants. He had contacted me and said, hey, uh, I want to see if you want to talk over Gen Con because I got some uh, books I want to show you. And the name sounded really familiar. And I looked him up and went, oh, it's him. So I went and met him. And he had a booth for his uh, publishing company called Hunter's Books. And they published some RPG books. But what he did is he's created a couple books for children, and it's called The ABCs of RPGs. And this is an illustrated book that kind of walks you through the R- uh, ABCs. The ABCs, that's, that's good, right? Yep, uh-huh. It's amazing how he came up with the title. <laughs> Holy freaking cow. The ABCs of RPGs. Well, I tell you, why don't you read us some inserts since it's a kid's book, so we should be able to handle that. Okay. He goes through the alphabet. With each letter of the alphabet, he associates, associates it with something with an RPG. For example, A is for adventure. May you always be on one. B is for book. The source of all life are fun. C is for creatures of every shape and size. D is for dice. Can you count all the sides? So it just goes on and on. It's really cool. The illustrations are awesome. They're they're very kid-friendly. They're showing pictures of orcs and dragons. And I think probably the coolest letter for me, Tony, by far, you get over here to the letter O. O is for Owlbear. The one's name, this one's name is Chris. He has an owlbear in the book. And it's just a really cool picture of an owlbear and a little boy lying on its back, like looking into the sky. Well, it is cute. It's a neat way to bring maybe a hobby as a dad or a mom that you're playing. And you can just bring that right along in there. And then you'd have to end up explaining what an owlbear is to your kid. <laughs> but other than that, and they're, but the illustrations are really cute and adorable. It's more for the parents, right? So the kids may not be able to relate to this. But as a parent, it's like, hey, let's go introduce them to some. Some of the terms that they may be interested in later on. So this is a hardback book. It's definitely for, it says an A to Z book for players of every level. It's probably going to be, well, I don't know, when are our kids learning the alphabet? Uh, kindergarten, first grade, first grade, probably in some of that point range where you kind of learn uh, that you, stuff. I think your advanced years have gotten to you. Your boys were learning their ABCs as soon as they could Oh, that's speak. true. Everybody kind of learns the ABCs before. So this is even younger than that. He also sent me another book called The ABCs of RPGs. It's an activity book. Now, this, I think, is for a little bit older kids. It has mazes, puzzles, and coloring in it. So each letter has a, a, a picture associated with it. You can color it, but he also has like word puzzles and mazes in there. It's probably a little bit for a little bit older kids. The pictures in here are probably more appropriate for an older age. There's a couple in here, like there's a picture of a zombie where it's cartoony. You know, some people may not like, you know, the the zombie with stuff falling off of its face and, you know, somebody holding a brain in front of it to try to get it to walk. So the the pictures are maybe a little bit more for older kids, but I think the activity book itself is is because just the puzzles in here are going to be a little bit older. So he has two different books. And if you're interested in those books, you can actually go to his website, Hunter's Books dot com. Uh, he has a lot of RPG books out there, but he has these two in particular. They're each fourteen ninety nine a piece, and also you can get them through your uh, friendly local game store, or they're actually available on Think Geek also. 
Okay. Now, also, I don't know if you know about this, uh, Tony, but Ivan is now with Geek and Sundry, and he's doing a weekly show, seems to be about weekly, where he does an overview of a game. Imagine a watch-it-played video that's only like five minutes long. It, well, our buddies at Tantrum House used to do like a two-minute thing, and but yeah, five minutes, that's about my attention span. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so you never watch Rodney is what we're saying. No, I, oh, I always watch Rodney, but uh, one of the things is, the, do I have to pay for it? <laughs> no, no, no. It's just a regular YouTube channel. Like I said, it's an overview. For so for example, I watched the Terraforming Mars one. It's just a quick overview of how the game plays with real, not really digging really deep into the rules, but I think it's a great way for you to get just an overview of the game to see if it's something that you may like. So it's not a review. It's really like, here's the board, and here's some of the actions you'll take each of your turn. So I think it's a good way to kind of wet your whistle to see if you're interested in the game or not. And he's been putting those out about once a week, and it tends to be the more modern games, too. So you might want to go check that out. It's on Geek and Sundry, and uh, that's Ivan Van Norman. Okay. Now, one of the things I want to say about this activity book, you know, Ivan, go ahead and get what's the big fad now for adults? Adult coloring book. Oh, yeah, that's right. Now, I, I will say that he wrote these. That, that's a good point about for adult coloring books, which would be interesting. But he did make these books uh, because he's a father. Right. So he was uh, writing some other RPG books and decided to, kind of, to he wanted to practice on his writing and wrote uh, ABCs of RPGs and people liked it. And since he just had a kid, uh, I believe it's a son, he decided to, hey, I'm a, I'm a dad now, so I'm going to create something for parents too. So while this was made for kids, I totally see where you're going with adult coloring books because that is a thing now, isn't it? It's a big thing now. And just shoot, when you and I were in college, one of my professors said he would have a coloring book sitting on his coffee table so that when people would come over, he'd just have a box of crayons and coloring books sitting there just to see how soon someone would break that open to go start coloring. And it's the same thing. It's a neat thing to do. Shoot, when I'm riding in the car, if I want Donna not to talk to me, I may have to give her a coloring book now. Gosh. What? There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, you know. If you want Donna not to talk to you. Give her a coloring book and coloring, just like I used to do Rebecca. Okay, I was going to say, like what you do with your kids. It's like, kids, I don't talk to you right now. Here, here go doing the, you do this. You do that with your wife. That's what an adult coloring book is all about, isn't it? It isn't about exercising the mind or anything. It's saying, here, we're in the car. It's an activity center. What can I say? There was a Kickstarter that I missed, Marty. Did you see the one with the um, isometric paper rolls? isometric paper rolls. Yeah, you know, being able to do 3D, I'm going to try to contact him, see if I can join in later. You could get a plotter roll of um, isometric paper and do drawings of 3D. I got back from, um, it it went off before I didn't even realize it. And it was really neat. So you can draw 3D. And I was like, oh man, that's going to be so great when we do our middle ages RPG that we need to get started. You mean middle ages, like not us being middle aged, how about Lord of the Rings? The, the adventures. Yeah. In, yes, yes. That we got from Cubicle. Yes. I, I promise you, I will get to that. I'm waiting. I've been, sta- I've been starting to read the book. The book is really good. Yes. Uh, the lore and stuff behind it's really, really interesting. I started reading it on the plane ride over to a BGG con. So I'm excited about that. Middle Earth and uh, what? My Little Pony, eh? My Little Pony, eh? But if that's if I can keep your attention, because for this is dropping a week later, and if you didn't see it on Jimmy Fallon, Mario Run. That is going, that's going, that's going to ruin game night. People are going to be sitting there <laughs> with their, fr- it was bad enough people tweeting and, and texting during game night. Now they're going to have their stupid little phones out sitting there playing Mario Run. Nintendo is releasing their first ever, basically, uh, piece of software for a third party or another piece of hardware. They're releasing Mario Run for the iOS. 
it's it's all Nintendo created. It's a basic Mario game, and the concept is really simple. And we did see this on Jimmy Fallon the other night. Mario Lou moves to his right, and as he does, you touch the screen and he jumps. Your goal is collect as many coins as possible. It looks like a regular Mario world type level where you're jumping through pipes, you're jumping over the little Venus fly traps, you're jumping on the back of turtles. I will be buying that uh, day one when it comes out December 15th. Yes. And are you going to the store so that you can demo it on the set? I am Did not. You go? You I am okay. not. I, I, will, am. I will not be doing No, I'm not that crazy about it. And hopefully it will have more longevity than Pokemon Go. Yeah. Tell me about this. You were, you were telling me some stats about this. Now, Pokemon Go was the big uh, mobile game that hit over the summer. And even I, I must admit, I got into it where the idea is you walk around and it uses GPS and, and uh, GPS maps to go and catch Pokemon. Nintendo releases the numbers, you know, at its height on an active day, 21 million people were playing wow. Pokemon. And we mentioned in previous um, RDTN episodes about where, you know, my company had to release statements or the whole electric utility had to release statements that said, stay out of substations. There are no... <laughs> electrical Pokemon in there or there are no nuclear guys don't try to come into our plants and and capture these things right but 21 million people and then it dropped over 96 percent what 96 percent of the people that were playing are now no longer playing are no longer playing it and they're trying to revive it so what are they going to mario run there you go you're going to pull all those in and i was just like that's that just tells you something as how it, the ebb and flow of these apps, these specialty apps, I think. Well, but the thing was, though, Pokemon Go had some problems. It got kind of samey. Uh, there are a lot of things they've added since then to make it better, but I think it's too late. I think you've already lost the market. I think it was a really cool concept. Uh, there are some things they they did not put in there. But Mario Run looks great, but I'm also pretty excited about what else they showed on Jimmy Fallon, oh. and that's the Nintendo Switch. Now, I don't know why we're talking about video games all of a sudden on a board game show, but hey. First off, Zelda, which tie, can tie back to an RPG, which we just finished talking about. Oh, okay. Except and you don't then, level up in Zelda, but all right. But there you go. So anyway, <laughs> close enough. I cannot believe that, you know, Nintendo, when they came out with the Game Boy, they were manufacturing money for themselves. You know, they just Prince kept, money is what print, they said. Print, it was just constantly doing it. Then the Wii, then the Wii U. Well, this Switch... That might be the next best thing where it replaces both your console and your handheld. Yeah, I'll probably be watching it closely, see what games come out. Because if it's which console was it at Nintendo that lost everything because they didn't have any games for it? It, it was just like they, they well, we use one of them. We use Wii U has not really done that well. There hasn't been a lot of really good games for it. I mean, we got one, and the only thing that the boys really play anymore is uh, Melee Brothers. So there you go. And, uh, but you know, I'm actually as excited about the NES classic. Yeah. Going old school. I know you're going old school, go eight bit. I mean, well, why not? I mean, who doesn't want to play a little old school stuff? And then if, like you were telling me earlier, if they come out with something with the GameCube or anything like SNES. that. SNES. I want an SNES uh, uh, reboot or, or classic of that oh, one. Yeah. NES when games were hard, there was no save. No. There was no going to the internet to see how to get through levels. Uh, no, no. I thought we could put in codes for gamefacts.com. Well, so. in the late 80s, this can't remember. NES came out in the 80s. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was pre-internet. Okay, thank you. So, board games. Board games. What are we going to talk about? Oh, I thought this was going to segue into some of the apps that you played on the phone. Oh, that's right. 
Board games. <laughs> See, you were going here. I, I, I saw, I saw no, there was your no, train of thought, but... No, I completely already forgot I had moved on. So anyway, <laughs> board games on the app. You guys know I love Board playing. games on the app. On the app. That's How about right. board games on the phone? Board games on the iPad for me. I need the bigger screen. Okay. So anyway, you guys know I love playing Ascension. Yes, and I do. I love playing Ascension online. Uh, Dan King, not Dan King. Um, Dan, Dan Patrice. Patrice. Scott King. See how I combined the two I right there? Say, yeah. yeah. Scott uh, Patrice. Uh, yeah, Scott what? Dan Patrice. I, I'm, I'm making a joke. I know you are. And this is messing me up. Scott Patrice. I'm with you now. Kevin, Kevin, our good buddy, Kevin. And I've been challenging people as well. It's, it's, I'm having a blast with Ascension. Well, I got to play Red 7. Ah, that was a, is that a newer app that just came out? Yeah, it was a newer app that just came out. And you uh, like your Red 7? Like Red 7. This game is, yeah, I think it's, you know, real cheap. If you enjoyed Red 7, it's a great um, implementation of it. Mm-hmm. It's very nice how you can see the rules of the cards. It's a, it was difficult. They've, they've had some releases since then to help with it. Good tutorial. I like how you bring in the various things that come with it. And then, of course, I'm also just now dabbling in Code Express. That's a great six-player game. That looks really good. I, yes. The graphic implementation doesn't look like a, a board game, right? Right. It doesn't look like it. it kind of like... Our buddy Scott Morris is coming out with Tokaido, Tokyo, Tokyo, along those lines. I haven't been able to play a full game of Cold Express. I'm really excited to get back and try that, do the pass and play or whatever. But I really hope that that one, you know, for me and Donna. I, matter of fact, instead of giving her a coloring book, I can give her the iPad <laughs> in the car and she can play Red. Because matter of fact, she goes, "What are you doing? I'm playing Red Seven. And she goes, "Oh, really? Well, what if you do this? What if you do it? here? Just take the iPad." Just take it. When you're done with it, give it back and I'll play my Ascension. <laughs> so she really liked it too. So that's I do appreciate that the board game apps that are coming out are trying to not look exactly, not trying to implement the board game exactly because I think that looks kind of boring to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where the uh, the Cold Express, the Kaido, I think it's like the board game mechanics, but graphically it doesn't look that way at all. So I'm really still looking forward to that uh, coming out. Uh, it's a passport game. Got to see it at Origin. Still not out yet, but I guess they're still working on it. Yeah, those are some of the new apps that I'm trying out. I'm not going to ever replace Suzanne. It's just so much fun. Maybe, maybe You're not going to replace Suzanne. Uh, you know, she does the apps. Oh, oh yes. Yeah, yeah, like, apps okay. review. And we're not going to. No, I mean, no, maybe I'll no, do no, a That's video. her world. That's her world. You can't even go there. No, no. I, w- I wouldn't even try. She keeps introducing us to all the, or introducing you to all these German games. I mean, you're, you're printing out games over here of the next game coming from the people who did I, th- I don't know it's like, I, maybe they are it's called knock mall that you know, a, a dice rolling fun total make it work quicks quinto which you like quinto better. quinto i did like quinto so yeah tony printed out a what this what's it called again knock mall knock how you spell that n-o-c-h space m-a-l exclamation point okay so that's a new one from the same company right i don't know if it's from the same company i just but it's the same sort of game the same sort of quinto game yeah so that's really kind of cool too but you know what there is a game that just came out that's brand new that we did get to play and that's uh the new star wars destiny game from fantasy flight games yes once again you there you go you see why don't you taste it Come on, give it a little taste. Trust me, it's not going to hurt. Just play a little bit. Oh, look, you like it. Oh, you can't get it anymore. <laughs> Dice Masters all over again. It really is. You cannot. Uh, you bought the last starter deck, and I'm surprised they still had one from our local game store. And I come to find out it was behind the counter and he forgot that he had it because I contacted him. I said, do you have any left? He said, nope. And then you wrote me back and said, actually, we do. I said, hold it. Tony's going to come by and get it. 
Yes. And I mean, Carolina Tabletops, I appreciate you guys having that for me. I was pure luck. Blind squirrel gets a nut. And I was like, okay, good. And we're going to talk about it. You know, you talked about that five minute uh, geek and over, over, yeah. I think it's like something we do. You mean like a five minute initiative? Five minute initiative begins in three, two, one. Tony and I are going to look at the new game, Star Wars Destiny from Fantasy Flight. Now, Tony, you and I are going to just look at this very particularly. We're just going to look at the starter sets. That's right. We only got the starter sets, didn't get any expansions nope. or anything like that. And I think I want to look at it like that because what I want to do is for people who are interested in this game, they're just going to go buy a starter set and see what their first impressions are. So, Tony, you and I have got it. I've played several games of it. First impressions of the starter set is like this. There's two star sets. There's a Ray. There's a Kylo Glenn. There's 20 cards per deck. There's a fold-out uh, sheet of rules in there. Now, there is a full like 14-page reference guide online, and you and I decided, nope, we're not going to look at that because, again, we want to see with the rules that came in the box, can we learn how to play this game? Right. And I admit, I did watch the video, which is a great video online. From Fantasy Flight. Fantasy Flight. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend that you do that. Take a look at that video. Now, first off, I'm going to go ahead and knock it down a couple pegs just because Uh-oh. it's a collectible game. In other words, I got to go find boosters. I got to build up the deck. But moving aside from that, how quickly does the game play? How well are the rules written, done, written and, and or even easy to explain to someone? And that... It was knocked out of the park. No, I totally agree. So the whole concept is it's kind of a basic uh, card game concept. Each of you have characters, and you're trying to kill the other person's characters. A lot of games already try to do that, right? Ashes and magic and everything like that. But this has a dice mechanic to it. And for every character, there's a number of dice. And uh, your characters are out there, and on your turn, you only get to do one action. And this flies pretty quick, right? Mm Mm-hmm. You got cards uh, that you have in your hand. You can play a card from your hand. You can uh, roll the dice of the character. You can use the dice uh, that was just rolled. You can pass. Uh, it, it moves really quick. I mean, by the end of the game, you and I were like, okay, it's your turn. You go. My turn. You go. And just back and forth. We're taking like 10 seconds per turn, and the game flew. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely. It's real quick. And then one of the neat mechanics that I really like about this thing is, is it the battlefield? The battlefield card. Each person comes with the battlefield, and you roll dice at the beginning, and whoever has the highest number of uh, numbers shown on the dice gets to determine which battlefield they're going to use. But what's cool is, like you said, at the end of your turn, you can claim that battlefield and get that special bonus ability. And it ends your turns. It's, it's, that's your pass, and yep. the next person can keep going, keep going, keep going, and playing out their turn. So you've basically forfeited, and you did that often to me to avoid taking damage because yes. of the battlefield I chose, which I think is a really neat way of continuing to speed this up. And you get to go first if you have the battlefield. If So if you want to really make sure that you go first, you can do that. Because one thing I think is really cool is the whole dice activation thing. You roll the dice, but you don't get to resolve them. Yeah. So you roll your dice, I get to see what's coming. The dice have different things on them. They have melee attacks. They have ranged attacks. They generate resources. They generate shields or maybe a special ability on the card. So I can see what may be hitting me soon, and I can react to that before you have a chance to use it. And more importantly, which we saw most often in this game, is there are blanks. blanks. And we saw a lot of blanks. It's only Most of them only have one blank per side. And, and Tony, that was the frustrating thing to me at Gen Con is I kept rolling blanks. But there is some way to mitigate some of that luck. Yeah, discard that card. You get to re-roll that dice. There are cards that let you re-roll. You had one that you played. Everybody re-roll their dice, and we got to see that in action. So for me, I think 
is this a game I'm going to continue out there and pursue the boosters? I may pick up one, two, or three, four, five, 10, 50, 20. I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. It's going to grow. I know it is just so I can see the combos. I'm not going to try to collect all of them. That is for sure. This is not a Pokemon thing. I'm not going to get them all. I don't need to get them all. It's something for you and I to play over lunch. So the booster packs are $2.99 a piece and you get five random cards, but you get one character card. So you're going to get one die. Now, one thing I really liked is they protect these cards, Tony. This isn't Dice Masters where your cards get warped and the dice messes up the cards. They have a nice little cardboard container to hold your cards and the dice is on the outside of that really well packaged. But what I don't like, what you pointed out is as you build your deck per se and pick your dice, that if you get that epic mega Darth Vader card, legendary, legendary, and he gets one dice, but you want to use two dice, you got to get another epic mega legendary Darth (laughs) Vader card that gets you that same dice, which makes it hard. So there's your secondary market that you can trade, which is, and it's already there. It's already out there. So like you said, you knocked this game down because of the collectible part. And I totally agree. If this was an LCG type game, I think we'd be in this hard and heavy. But as you said, I think this is going to be more of the thing to where, hey, we'll buy a starter, a few boosters, and maybe just you and I will play casually. Last thing I'm going to say before the time runs out, though, I love the weight of these dice. It reminds me of the gladiators in Strike. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we better end it there. Five-minute initiative is complete. The Broken Token continues to release brand new inserts for some really great games and two new inserts they've just recently released is Quartz, which Tony, you and I talked about earlier. That's from Passport Games. They now have a really nice insert for that game. In addition, they also have another game that we reviewed from Artania Games, Tesla versus Edison. A really nice, cool looking insert there, which really helps organize the game and make it easy to set up and clean up. So to go check out those organizers and others that they have, go to thebrokentoken.com. As we pointed out at the start of this episode, this is our fourth year together, which I have often said didn't think we'd make it past the sixth month, but we're here. He said that. I said that. But we are here four years. And to celebrate this anniversary, we asked our loyal listeners. Well, they're listeners. I'm not sure how loyal they are. They're they're very loyal if they've been here for four years. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. To post some questions on our Facebook page or at our Board Game Geek Guild number 1589. That's 1589. And they did. What were they thinking? So what we're going to do is going to break this in two parts. Yes. We'll start with the BGG questions. Okay. And then we'll break and come back later and we'll do some Facebook questions. Let's do a rank them first. Okay. Bojangles, Chick-fil-A or Zaxby's? Oh, boy. That's hard. Mm. Ooh. I'm trying to eat better, so I'm trying to eat more salads. So I'm going to go Zaxby's, Chick-fil-A, Bojangles. All right. For me, it's going to be Bojangles, Zaxby's, Chick-fil-A. What? Chick-fil-A last? Chick-fil-A is last. And the only reason why I say that is I look at, as always, if I'm eating the salads, which is what we're getting, then I'm looking at what I, how much volume I get. Bojangles for $5, okay. I get more salad. Zaxby's for 10 uh, you know, so I'm doing a cost ratio. Now, moon pies, <laughs> pecan pies, and chicken pot pie. Chicken pot pie, because it's filling. Mm-hmm. Moon pie and pecan pie. I'm not a big pecan pie fan. That's fine. You can have your opinion. For me, it's going to be pecan pie, as long as it's a la mode, which means with ice cream. 
I had to teach somebody that in a restaurant. Um, then chicken pot pie, then moon pie. And that was from Mike Risley, who is basically one of those longtime listeners. Thank you so much, Mike. Scott Sexton wrote in, I think it'd be nice to hear the taste of games that you two guys like. You know, like he prefers Euro type games. What do we prefer? Tony, people aren't going to believe me, but I'm an I'm a, uh, Omni gamer. Seriously, there are times when I just want to play a Euro. There's times when I want to play some good Meritrash games, sometimes a deck building game. I just actually go through these phases where I just kind of jump all over the place. So it's hard for me to pick one because it really just depends on what mood I'm in. So for me, I'm always going to lean towards the drafting mechanic type games. I love, you know, the Seven Wonders type style. And then I'm going to follow it up with the Euro games. I enjoy my... Well, you know me. Every game's a worker placement game. Yeah. Now, both of us really do like games that tend to involve cards. As far as, you know, will we ever do a top 10? Maybe. It's they're so hard because they're all so good. I know, and but I'm glad he said top ten and not top one hundred. We'll never do a top. I'll never do a top one hundred. It's just I'm sorry for those who could do a top one hundred. You're awesome, but there's no way I can differentiate between ninety three and ninety five. I'm just randomly uh, picking games at that point. Brendan Riley, Wombat nine two nine. I love his question here. If games had babies, <laughs> what games would you pick to have them? combine the elements into a perfect game for you that i love this question okay do you have an answer for this question well first off if game one and two were to get together if i could see the elements of thunderstone and seven wonders get together so i've got that going so a deck building card drafting type game yes which i'm sure there's out there you can just do a quick bgg search and you'll find it and then combine that with a Ticket to Ride, okay, because now you're now you're pulling a set collection, get, comes together with a Elder Sign. So now I'm I'm bringing oh a. Oh my gosh! I know. It's a monstrosity. It's a mutt. It's a mutt. It's a mutt mutt game. It's a mutt game. So that that to me, those two come together. I think that could breed the perfect game. Now, what would the game look like? I have no idea, but it's a deck building, card drafting, dice rolling set collection game with me being a big Terra Mystica fan I would definitely have to take Terra Mystica and maybe merge it with a uh, another game that is you know Terra Mystica is kind of like the the worker placement game but I do like your idea the card drafting uh, element to it especially like in a game like Concordia and uh, put those uh, two together uh, which I think may uh, create something cool except I'm not big into the dice games so I will probably skip the dice game but from the the card drafting thing you could Merge that with something with the set collection uh, that you had mentioned. And, well, I guess I need a fourth mm-hmm. to go in here. You know, I was going to say area control, but I'm not as a fan. I'm not as big of an area control fan. I do like a good action selection mechanic. And I think actually one of my favorite of that is actually Puerto Rico. You know, with the action selection where one person takes an action and then you can follow up from that and everybody else takes one after that. Mm-hmm. I've always liked that style. So it's kind of merging all those together, but I think that just gets too muddy. Well, I think they all do, but for me, but then I start thinking, what traits do I want to come through? I'm thinking of the dice drafting, and I, it's been years since we played, what was it, Quarios? Quarios, yeah. But that was a, just a deck building with dice. I think a dice drafting game would be something I would really enjoy if the, those traits all came through. Brian Hudson asks, what popular nerdy pop culture thing do you feel bad about that you don't like, watch, or play? Mine's easy. What is it? Star Trek. Okay. 
I grew up watching Star Trek. I watched reruns of all the shows. I watched them multiple times, but I never really got into it. When new generation, when the movies came out, I maybe watched one here and there with, you know, with the original cast. And when next generation came out, I just, just didn't get into it all. And now everybody's Star Trek crazy. You love Star Trek. It's just one of those that somehow I missed. I kind of regret it because I wish I could have the passion all you guys do, but it just kind of passed me by. Oh, okay. And for me, it's Doctor Who. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, I totally make sense. I, I was kind of a latecomer to Doctor Who. I don't understand it. Don't get it. It's not something for me. Um, I don't know if it's the, I don't know. There's just something about it. It just does not jive with me, but different strokes. And I know everybody was probably thinking it was Star Wars for me, but that's not it. No. I thought you were going to say Star no, Wars. I Doctor like- is a good one. Doctor, um, actually, it wasn't until like they really kind of rebooted about 10, 12 years ago, whatever that was, that I kind of really got back into it. Eddie Munn, which love his uh, board game geek avatar of Eddie Munster there. He wants to know how we met. And that was, and it was, it was covered in early, but plain and simple. 27 years ago, freshman in college at NC State. Ta-da. We had a common friend. Yep. Uh, and basically he introduced us and Tony was the only one. Now this was a time when not everybody was walking around with a laptop. Yes. It was really rare for somebody to actually have a computer. And Tony had a Commodore 128 with all these awesome games that he had pirated. Uh, sure. <laughs> Don't want to get in trouble. And so we were constantly in Tony's room playing games, and, and that's how we got to meet each other. And we've been uh, friends ever since. because We've been roommates since then. I actually lived in the same city ever since then. You said, you know, the show got started when Marty asked me, hey, you want to do the show? I said, sure. So that was easy enough. And what has changed since episode one? It has gotten better. Oh, my gosh. There's actually a question later on about uh, how we would change things. I'll get back into it at that point. But, yeah, it's it's gotten way better. Describe your worst game experience or your most embarrassing board game experience. They're both kind of the same for me, Tony. I think I can count three times where I've knocked a drink over at the table. And I hate that because I'm messing up somebody else's game. It's embarrassing. And now it's happened enough times to where like people just make a joke and actually want me now just to sit at the table and drink with a tippy cup. Now, for me, my worst game experience occurred at BGG Con. 2015 when i yelled at people while playing mayday mayday (laughs) somebody brought that up the other day was it dan king that brought somebody brought it up and said they played mayday mayday and loved it and i thought wait a minute is that the one that tony yelled at people yeah, board gaming pinup girl posted a tweet about that, if I remember correctly. And yeah, Mandy. Yep, mandy yeah and yes, that's the one where I yelled at people. I was not a stellar moment for me. I will give it that. I wish I could have seen that. Oh, my gosh. Aside from that, so the best way to start up your gaming group is not yelling at people. That's not a good way. (laughs) That's a good tip. (laughs) But, I mean, the best way, I think, is just to, if you want to find out, I think the hardest thing is to find out without being embarrassed is asking someone, do you enjoy board games? So I think a good lead-in is somewhat, did you play board games? What were some of your favorite board games as a kid? Like, if I were to ask you, what was your favorite board game as a kid? Mm -hmm. And you would answer... Uh, exactly like mine would have been stratego (laughs) so anyway i think the best way to start up your own gaming group is just to find out if there is a common interest in board gaming see where that conversation goes how about for you i'm in the same boat i mean it's uh basically just finding some people in common maybe it's just really good friends and you just introduce a game and it just kind of blossoms from there uh Hopefully, a lot of your friends have a lot of the same likes, and you can just kind of build it out from there. And then they may send to somebody else, that, and it kind of grows organically at that point. Now, Dean asks us, he says, hey, 
Do Rock Ola Cafes exist in North Carolina? No, the one in Asheville shut down a while ago. I didn't even know. I'd never heard of that. Yeah, they, they shut down. It used to be around here, but no, they they have been, they are the way of the dinosaur. They are now extinct. But he mentions that they have good onion rings, and I'm kind of jealous because I, I like onion rings. And no, um, never went to Bullocks in Durham. Did you? I, I've not. I've, I've not heard of that one. I didn't, I didn't go to Durham a lot. No, didn't go to Durham. We hung out. Hung out. We Rome. drove through it on the way to I eighty five from <laughs> NC State. That was about That's it. right. Hey, Scott Hill asks, gives us a rank them. You ready? Yep. Gray squirrel, black squirrel, red squirrel, black squirrel, red, red squirrel, gray squirrel. Based on the how much I would not want to kill them. So you really want to kill a gray squirrel? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that they're because, so they're everywhere, and they do so much damage. Yeah, you know, I've, I've kind of go the same way. I see gray squirrels all over the place, and I'm I'm kind of getting kind of getting sick of them. He asks us about the weather in Charlotte and how crazy it is. Hey, we like variety here in North Carolina. Yes, it rains; it can be hotter than all get out. But Scott, you missed out on some of the best days here, and that was the humidity. Yeah, no, that's true. Now uh, Scott was asking this because uh, he's from the United Kingdom, mm-hmm. and he had a chance to visit North Carolina. Was asking about our our crazy weather. Now he did say we have hotter than hotter summers okay so that is from the humidity so yeah the humidity is bad we actually do have seasons somewhat maybe not really a winter it's cold but we don't get a lot of snow yeah but the winters people even from minnesota have told me why do i feel so much colder here in north carolina than i did in minnesota in the negatives and i'm like it's the, it's still the humidity it's still the high it just gets into your bones and they agreed with me and if you ever returns to charlotte what local sites are a must see hey you got to come hang out with us at the game stores Unless you really like NASCAR and you go watch the NASCAR Hall of Fame. But Scott, I think you need to go to Kings Mountain. It's a historical battle site here near near Charlotte about the American Revolution. A lot of people think the American Revolution was only fought up north. No, there was a lot of battles down here. That's true. And now he also then says, hey, how much am I looking forward to First Martians? It is in the running for a squirrely this year. That's how much I want to see that game. Yeah, and we'll talk about what squirrely it may be on our squirrely show, but I am very much looking forward to it. Ignacy teased us with it earlier this year, and we beat the game. So, you know, maybe we shouldn't be as looking forward to it as much because it's really not that hard. Oh, yeah, I'm, that's not. I don't even know. The hardest part is going to be having to read the um, cards and everything. Now, rank them. Moon Pie, Spotted Dick, Creme Brulee. Now, before I rank these, I had to go look up. The middle one. Now, I've heard of Spotted Dick before, and it's it's a lot more benign than what you think it is. Yes, it is. Um, I've been over to the UK, so I've seen this before, but I still would go Moon Pie, Creme Brulee. I was just never a big Creme Brulee fan, and then and Spotted Dick, because I've never tried Spotted Dick. I didn't get a chance to try it. It's a type of pudding. Right, and I would rank it Moon Pie, Creme Brulee, Spotted Dick, based on how many times I've eaten them. So there you go. I'm not a big creme brulee fan either. But what I made me so curious about Spotted Dick was the suet that it's made from the meat fat. That's mm. very interesting. So anyway, that's... Yeah. Uh, now, when I was in the UK, they do have a lot of meat pies. Well, there you go. Meat, meat pie is a thing. And if we're ever in the UK, I would love were. to come to the uh, UK Games Expo. That'd be a fun thing to go to. I've heard some really good things about that. Yeah, I agree. I hate... I will. You were over in the UK. I'm going mm-hmm. um, in 2018... But I'm going at the wrong time of the season because everybody said go in September. Don't go in the spring when this expo is occurring. And then, you know, uh, we're we're not very political here on the show. So, Scott, we're just going to move past that one. Sorry, buddy. He was asking about what we thought about Brexit. 
I probably don't know enough to really yeah. give an opinion. And I think everybody's kind of tired of the whole political talk anyway. Mm. We want to talk about board games. Yeah, we're going to go on. And now moving on. Hey, the movie episode for 2017, already pulling together a list. I'm just going to keep this real short, Marty. My top two games that I'm going to go see. And I know number top two one, movie. Uh, top, top two movies. Not five, top two. Is top that what you're two. Doing? Let's just do top two. And I know it's going to be your number one, too. My first one is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Amen, brother, because they just released the trailer and. Oh my gosh, I can't count the number of times I watched that trailer and I was between laughing and crying. I was so happy. I cannot, I did not think they could top the trailer from oh. the first one. And they, this one has come really close. So I'm excited about that. What else are you looking forward to? Oh, and without a doubt, I think the next one that I am going to enjoy, I mean, there's a ton of superheroes. There's a lot, yeah. But I, I, I try to be. I don't know. Yeah, I think I'm going to surprise you here. I tried to read the books and I couldn't. So I'm going to have to wait for the movie, The Dark Tower. By Stephen, the Stephen oh, King. Oh, no, I did not think you were going to say that. Yeah, I think Dark Tower is going to be number two just because I couldn't get in the, but the book series is supposed to be so good and I just haven't done it. So I want to see what the Dark Tower is about. For me, I'm probably going to have to go in the superhero movie and I'm looking like, I thought you were going to say Spider-Man. Yeah, Homecoming. I, I like I, I want to see how they do that. Yeah. I'm cautiously optimistic about Wonder Woman. I think the trailer for Wonder Woman looked really good. So I'm going to put that one in there as one I'm really excited to see, but it may not be good. But anyway, that's that's yeah, I that's thought you were going to go with Justice League. No, I'm really concerned about that one. Oh, Star Wars Episode Eight is another one, too. Hey, we get to see Luke Skywalker for a little bit more than just at the very last scene where he just looks at her. He gets his Only thing I'm going right. to say is I hope I stay awake. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Christmas is going to be real simple. In-laws games. No, I'm not traveling this year, so that is outstanding. You? No, I'm staying at the house. Uh, we always try to keep it pretty laid back. And you and I are going to get together and play a lot of games over that time. Yes. And, and prepping for our f- first episodes in 2017. David tried to trip us up here with species and subspecies and species of squirrel. Abbott squirrel versus the Calebab squirrel. Now, the Abbott squirrel is the species of squirrels, which is located in the West, where the cat... I can't even do it right. Thank you for even tripping us up on that. That squirrel is a subspecies, and is it? Yes, because to be a subspecies, you have to be isolated away from the main species. Correct. And a species is nothing more that you can produce offspring. Right. And now there's a lot of similarities between these two. The the coat and coloration, size and shape, habitat and range, the foraging and feeding are really similar for the two, but they are in two different locations. So the answer to your question is yes. One is a subspecies of the other, and they're not separate species. Keeping it short, because we've got to keep our time. Chris, top five games if you were stuck on an island game with people. I'm going to go with uh, my top one game. It's going to be, you know which one I'm going to pick here? What? I'm going to pick Fuji Flush. No. No, I can't pick that I'm one? I'm actually getting tired of Fuji Flush. Are you really? Yep. Okay, then I haven't played it enough. It has it kind of reached the point to where it kind of, towards the end of the game, you kind of know what's going to happen. It's still a good game, but I think I've played it a lot. You played it too much. Okay, I played it too then much. I'm going to change it to don't don't pick that one. I don't pick that. Um, actually, I taught my wife the Rose King. She really enjoys that. That's that was a fun game, and I, I didn't get tired of it. The strategy we played it a lot. You know, I was it's like first thing I was thinking of this big epic thematic game. I was going to say Mansions of Madness Second Edition, but if I'm on Deserted Island, there might not be a way to charge my phone or iPad. Mm. So that might not be a good one. So I definitely pick maybe some longer games. Again, I got to go with one of my favorites of Terra Mystica. If I could pick a thematic game, uh, maybe like a, Maybe not Pandemic Legacy, maybe Dead of Winter, something like that. More, more Ooh, of a group game. Uh, if there's a lot of people stranded on the island, you can always take a code names. I would want a variety so that whatever I was feeling that day, it would I would have an option to play it. 
Yeah, and my favorite theme is always going to be a space theme. I enjoy the space theme. And I'm fantasy. And you're fantasy. I do like fantasy probably more than space. So you're really probably all giddy about all the Mars stuff that's oh, coming out yeah, now. Yeah, I love everything. that. And worst themes, well, I I don't know of a worse theme. So I, I really, I'll try any theme. I can't think of a bad theme. Has Rob Khan planning begun? So the only Rob Khan I know of is Rob from Blue Peg, Pink Peg, oh. who does a Rob Khan. But I don't know if he's referring to that or not. Well, maybe. Metagames. I would like to play a metagame this year. We talked about doing one of those big metagames where you have like 60-something people involved. Oh. And one of those big uh, epic games. I assume that's that's what we're talking about. Yeah, that's about, so, so perfect for me and Mr. Social um, Deduction Games. Okay, maybe not. So we'll just move on. From yeah, there. okay. So Charles Fox... What is your favorite person to play games with at cons? What I'm going to say type of person. Well, the same me. I enjoy, you know, type. My, no, you, I'm kidding. You like playing with yourself. You went there, not me. Yeah, but you were looking at me like you wanted me to say it. No, I didn't. Um, <laughs> I just enjoy people who like having fun and who are not too serious. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, it's somebody that's just there to enjoy the game itself without worrying about whether you can or you have to win or lose. Not a rules lawyer. I've played with people at cons, some strangers who are rules lawyers who spend their nose in the book the entire time. It's like just. Just has to really, let's move on. Mike, I'm going to have to say four years ago that I'm still playing today is Pandemic because I'm still married to the same wonderful woman and she will always play Pandemic every single month. Puerto Rico. Oh, that seems to be one of the games that when you and I get with a couple of our friends, they always want to play that game. It's just kind of a nice dinner game and I still still have yet to look up the rule or the, the method you're supposed to win the game every time. You know, there's a set way yeah, that you're supposed to win. I, but I, I never want to know. If I figure it out myself, that's great. Otherwise, I don't, I don't want to. So other games that we'll be playing regularly in another four years. Besides, oh, you're right. Strike. I he know, put. Besides, he wrote besides strike because that's a given. Oh, yeah. That's not a given. It's a given. I can't. I say, I'm not going to answer this question now just because he put that in there. Fine. You don't have to answer that. <laughs> I, 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 got, I got a feeling um, four years from now, Ah, I'll know. probably still be buying some Arkham Horror expansions at that point. Yeah, I can see that. Because it's five years since Lord of the Rings and we were still no, doing still it. Still buying them, so I'm right there with you. Uh, Jennifer asks, picks for favorite light, medium, and heavyweight games currently in print. Ooh. Heavier, I'm definitely going to say the Terra. I know I keep falling back on that, but it's just kind of one of those things that just really uh, fits me really well. As far as a medium game, I'm probably going to go with, let me go with a light first. You know, something like Lords of Waterdeep, a simple light worker placement game, I'm probably going to say. And then a medium game, that one's a little bit tougher. You, what, what do you got? Well, I think of the medium. For, well, you think of me. I'm thinking light is going to be Seven Wonders for me because mm-hmm. that's always one that's along those lines as far as a heavyweight game i don't know if i play heavyweight games i mean you know yeah that's true but you do you like any of the stuff uh the fell games um like i really really like trajan in fact i maybe should have said trajan i actually may thought because that's a little bit heavier than terra mystica Mm -hmm. i mean i like that one a little bit more maybe move terra mystica down yeah i I think probably my medium weight game that i really enjoy that's still in print is i I love narashima heck you consider that medium weight it's place a tile and do an action yeah i mean that's not medium weight i would think that's light it's very See, strategic. I, I mean, Jennifer, you're going to make us go into a discussion. What is light, medium, and heavy? No, that's true. Because is light, medium, and heavy has to do with the rules or how hard it is to play. Right. See what I'm saying? Or strategy. I mean, I think Hex is so is very strategic. Hex. Nirishima Hex. Hex. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I say Hex to avoid having to screw up the word Nirishima. <laughs> so, anyway. Well, let's move on. 
Okay. <laughs> That's actually a good discussion to have sometime, by the way. Mark that. Uh, she also asked, she's recently gotten into the hobby. Welcome to the hobby, Jennifer. Yay. Uh, I would like to know what conventions that you all have attended and enjoyed the most. We've had the uh, privilege of joining several local cons. We've uh, attended Mace and we've attended Scarab and we've attended a new one, Moose Con, but we've also been able to attend bigger cons such as Origins, BGG Con, and Gen Con. Of all those, I would say if you haven't ever been to a con, start with a local, so it just won't be uh, intimidating. After that, of those other big three, for me, it's going to be Origins, and it will always be Origins because of the location, the time of the year, and everything is just really good, and the size isn't overwhelming. I'm going to have to say my favorite that I've attended is always Origins. BGG Con's a blast, but until they move, I'm going to say, if you get a chance to make it to Origins, give it a try. Because it's great gaming, great, the vendors are incredible there, great demos, you get to see some of the newest stuff, I think it's amazing. Um, You know, and then as far as average number of games played per week, week, if I were to count iOS, it'd be ridiculous. (laughs) No, actual board games. Actual board games, probably on average one. I'm I'm probably falling there too, one one to two maybe average per week. I mean, uh, Tony and I sometimes get together and play multiples uh, once and, and, you know, other times we'll get to the game room and play one or two per week. Oh, a couple off-topic things. Tony, what's your favorite book? Felix and Gotrek series. It's all based on the Warhammer universe. I love those books, and there's like 13 of them. Nice, nice. For me, it's going to be, it's an old classic. It's War of the Worlds from H.G. Wells. Okay, your favorite TV series. Easy, it's going to be Buffy the Vampire Slayer because that's kind of what introduced me to how I become a highbrow consumer of, of movies and, and TV. I was watching Buffy. It's like, there's something different about this. This should be stupid, but it's not. It's really good. And it kind of really changed the way how I view uh, cinema and TV. What about you? Current series would be Big Bang Theory. Uh, if I go you back. You still watch that? Yes. It's, they've had some classics lately. Okay. And then if I go back, I will always watch The Twilight Zone. Oh, that's good. Uh, that's actually on Netflix or somewhere. Boys are watching all those. Those, those are really mm-hmm. good. Uh, let's see. Favorite movie. Boy, there are a, a lot. Can I say... Uh, if I was, if I had to say, hey, watch a movie right now, come down to one of two things. It'd be the series. It'd be Lord of the Rings. Or I can always watch The Matrix. I can always watch The Matrix. Series Lord of the Rings for me, for me, Shawshank as the as the movie. I, I can if it's on, I'm going to stop. Especially if we are building the library or when he's. A, I can't. I'll be a spoiler. No, yeah, you can't say anything. Most importantly, favorite dessert and food. Food, I'm always going to be. I'm a red meat guy, so if I had a choice, if I could have a good steak, I'll always take a steak. What about your food? Fried chicken. Really? Oh, yeah, fried chicken. Love me some good fried chicken. Good old Southern thing. And as far as favorite desserts, uh, like peach cobbler or apple pie a la mode. I was thinking apple pie a la mode. I love me a good apple pie. Well, then we need to make some apple pie a la mode sometime. What we've got here is Mr. Boards Alive. I got a feeling that's not his real name. No, that's Boards Alive podcast from up I in know. Canada. I'm just great guys. That. If you had never checked out their show, go listen to them. They're a great couple of guys. If I got $100 right now, you know what I would spend it on? Would that be the broken token at the broken token? Token.com? No. No. <laughs> Our sponsor. I, oh, yes. No. I, what would I buy right now? By gosh, I would buy the clear Litco bases for m- mansions. So I can get rid of those crappy bases that they put in <laughs> Mansions of Madness. Oh, I didn't know they made those. Yes, they do. But you have to do a little modeling to it. But I would so buy 
all of and replace all those bases. Oh, wait a minute. I did not. Are they made specifically for mansions? No, no. But you can, they're, they're round and they fit inside the squares and everything. But, but what about the cards, the cards that go in the bases? Who cares? Put well, them no, on that's, the side. That's the stats. You got to have that stuff. Yeah, put it on the side. It's not like it's going anywhere. And by the time you finish playing all that stuff, freaking cultists, it's a one, two or whatever. It's no big deal. <laughs> I think it is a big deal. What are you going to spend your $100 on? For me, as I'm looking around this basement, I have a lot of games just sitting on the floor, not a place to put them. I need another set of shelves. And I know $100 probably won't get me a decent set of shelves, but at least it's a start. I've got to get these games off the floor and put them in the shelves somehow. I understand that because you do. As a matter of fact, there's a ton over there that I'm like, ooh, I could borrow that. I could borrow that. Please borrow that. Ah, I hear you. All right, moving right along. Andrew, my favorite episode that we've ever done on um, Rolling Dice Taking Names is probably the one with Eric Lang. That was one of my favorites. It was such a good I'm I'm not trying to you know blow smoke up our own heinies here, but I am saying we did a great job interviewing him. He was dynamic. It was one of our best rankums. It was such a fun episode. It was, I just love that episode. Eric is such a great guy. And even to this day, when we see him, he's just, you know, comes out, gives us a hug and talking and everything. He just, he loves to show us the games he's pro, uh, you know, demoing and everything like that. So he's a great guy. I mean, it was hard to beat Isaacs. Isaacs was incredible too. I, I had a blast. If we can't start going down them all, because yeah. we've had such great guests, Rob Davio and stuff, oh, fantastic. Yeah. So, so for me, instead of the guest, I'm going to have to go. Episode 100 was pretty good. Yeah. Episode 100, which we just earlier this year where we did the game show because we had such great support from all of our friends that came on the show. And I just think we had a really good time. And that was a lot of fun. Are there any bloopers that have been cut from the show that you can share? Well, actually, we do share those. We put that at the very end of the episode right on our outro music. So if there's a couple bloopers in the show that we think that are funny, we put them in there. Um, Otherwise, we really haven't kept a lot uh, over the years. There are they actually end up at the end if there's a real blooper. There's a couple I can think of that no one will ever hear, and they all came from episode 100. And if you remember that, that cast and crew, you can understand Well, you see, why. that's not even fair to say something like yes, that. Yes, it is. It's a teaser. Hear it. It's a teaser. Teaser for what? They're not going to hear it. So Maybe if Andrew ever for? makes it to Carolinas, we'll play it for him. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. The next one is actually has to do with me and Chaz Marler from Paradise Paradise. They asked, what is the mission statement for Team Vest? Now, Team Vest is something he and I concocted uh, last year. We wore these fishing vests, and we do these cute little skits. And, and I went and talked to Chaz, who's I consider the leader of Team Vest, and he said, this is our mission statement, Tony. Team Vest, your video entertainment surveillance team, strives to investigate and report the unconventional board game news and events that not only would otherwise be overlooked by mainstream journalistic outlets, but are also willing to pay our exorbitant media coverage prices with integrity. Plus, look good and be functional while doing it. Okay, I'm glad he didn't give you, was that the slogan? Knowing Chaz is probably that long for a slogan, too. I nodded off halfway through your mission statement. I'm sorry. (laughs) Supposed to grab the people's minds, but that's all right. That's fine. Now, Mr. Jones, he says, if I were to design a squirrel-themed game, what would it look like? Mechanics, components, player count, future expansions, things like that. You know, the only thing that comes to mind quickly for this is – like a hungry, hungry hippo squirrel themed game where you got little nuts rolling around. And the little squirrels are out there trying to grab it. I I love playing hungry, hungry hippo. That's interesting that you say that because I went a lot deeper than that. 
I only was, you would. Yeah. I, I was sitting there thinking, what do squirrels like to do towards the wintertime? They like to collect nuts for hibernation, right? So I was thinking like little worker placement things where you have a forest or trees mm-hmm. and you have little squirrels that you can place to go and collect the nuts and store them. And so it's like a resource management, resource collection type game with the squirrels used as workers to going out to assign the different part of the trees where the different nuts are on the ground. Yeah. And if you get like the acorns versus the pistachios versus the walnuts versus the pecans and it's not a pecan because a pecan is what you take on a long road trip or and you can have two squirrels that if they happen to end up in the same place can create another squirrel that's how you get your extra workers and then you got to feed them but meanwhile the hawk comes in and eats the baby there you go which i think is also why our population of squirrels has dropped around our house hawks are outrageous we have hawks and owls around here and i think that they've been uh, taking care of our squirrel problem for us well, guys from the Guild, thank you so much for submitting all these questions. We really do appreciate it. And now let's jump over to another five-minute initiative. Five-minute initiative begins in three, two, one. So in this five minute, we're going to talk about Paris Connection by Queen Games, published in 2011. It's an oldie, but a goodie, but it is such a... A goodie. Yeah, so this was taught to me at BGGCon from Amby, who does Board Game Blitz. She brought this out and said, hey, I want to teach you guys this game. And I was like, oh, I don't know. It's kind of old. It's a board with a bunch of trains. It's really easy to learn. I played it, and I was hooked. The board is a is a map of France. So there are six different colored trains that are available that you can use to be able to create tracks or in order to collect stocks. Because, Tony, these trains work as two different has two different types of functions one if they're in your possession behind this little screen they count as stocks if they're out on the board they actually count as tracks and the goal of this game is to create long tracks that go through cities that raise the price of those stocks right so the whole thing is as you're playing is you're trying to manipulate your stocks to cash in at the end of the game mm-hmm. when either someone reaches is it Marsal? yes Marsal or Five of the six trains are all wiped out. There's no more to add to the board, right? Yeah, they've all been collected or everything like that. Everybody shows what trains they've got out or what stocks they have. You add it up, and whoever is the highest is the winner. I know. It can't beat that. It's a two-page rule book. Yeah. You have two actions on your turn. One of two actions. This is is so simple. You either take uh, up to five uh, trains of one color, and you put them into a hex square on the board, and you try to extend the train line. And as it goes through cities and different cities have different values, it increases their stock value. Or you can take one of your stocks, trade it in, put it back into the supply and pick up two of the same color trains from the supply, put it behind your board to possibly use later on as as stock. And people are thinking, where is the strategy in this? Well, the strategy is you you may want to cut off people. Well, should I trade these in? Is that stock price going to rise up? How can I inflate that stock? Or how can I fool the other people? Because when you purchase that stock and you put it behind your board, they've got to remember all the people that are doing it. What are they building? What are they not? Now, Marty, you played a variation where you kept the stocks you bought out front. What did you think of the two different sets? Yeah, so Amy said they like this house variant so instead of having trying to remember what people have gotten you start out with a certain number of trains uh, behind your uh, board and it depends on how many people are playing because this this game plays three to six people which is also really cool and what you do is you can trade from behind your board and you picked up two new ones and their house variant was to put it in front of your board so that you, you can see what you picked up so they can see what kind of colored stocks that you're collecting so it's a little bit more open you still don't know some of the trains behind them 
but you can kind of see maybe what they're toward building towards. I can see maybe advantage of that if you're playing with a lot of different people and it's hard to keep. If you got six people, it's going to be hard to remember who had done what. But for you and I with a low player count, I actually think I like it where I can't see what you have. And instead, I'm trying to determine by the actions that you're taking as you build trains, which stock I think you're trying to drive up a price. And if you're trying to drive up, say, black, then maybe next turn, I'm going to go out and try to pick up some of that black stock because I think it's going to be valuable at the end. And I also think with five or six players, it's important. If you keep it in front of them, then I think you'll slow the game down to where, oh, do you took some? What did you take? You know, if yeah. you're not paying attention, you're thinking about what is the next step from that standpoint but you're right so simple a lot of depth i mean when you said that you had this i was seeing a lot of buzz about it online i'm like oh i'm gonna get this and everybody's saying it's gotten you know dirt cheap and then you go hey i got this i said that's amazing because i want to play this because i think it's a great game a great gateway game and a game that my wife and friends would really enjoy because they love the stock games they love the last spike i think this would be the another great game that they would love yeah and it, it is i'll just love the fact that it, the components of the game are either track or stock mm -hmm. the only probably the big downside is actually probably the setup because uh. at the beginning of the game you randomly get a certain number of trains that you put behind your board based on the number of players but after that you have to dump all the trains out of the bag and sort them by color so that takes a little bit of time. But other than that, once the game gets going, it moves pretty quick. Probably plays at what, 20 minutes or so, 20 to 30 minutes, depending on the number of players. I love the game. I think it's a great game. Paris Connection is a game that's easy to learn and quick to play, making it a great game for newer gamers. However, due to the strategy, deduction, and bluffing elements of the game, many experienced gamers will like this one also. This is an older game I wish I had found earlier and definitely worth a spot on my gaming shelf. Five minute initiative is complete. If you want a sunny day at the beach, you do not have to travel far. No, you don't. All you need to do is go to your local game store and ask for Robinson Crusoe by Portal Games. It has hit in December. Ignacy was kind enough, as we've said on this show before, to include Sunny Day at the Beach. Nothing bad happens at you. Be sure to check it out, Robinson Crusoe. But get prepared for 2017 when First Martian finally hits the store shelves. Ignacy teases us, but we've seen the proofs. So be sure to check it out at portalgames.com. As we continue our listener Q&A, we jump over to our Facebook page where, hey, you can come like us if you want to. We're going to go through these questions and answer some of these. For example, Paul asked, knowing what you know now, what would you have done differently on your first few podcasts? When I was at BGGCon and we did this seminar or panel on podcasting, I, I made the statement there that we really, really messed up when we first started this podcast. We did not, in my opinion, plan for the potential of success. Tony, when we got started, we really didn't have a website. It was like using Blogspot. We were not on Twitter. We did not have a Facebook page. We didn't even have a guild. You and I just said, hey, let's just record something and put it out there. And then we got a few listeners and go, well, that's kind of cool. And then as we got more and more listeners, we realized, whoa, we are not prepared to really market ourselves the way we probably should have. So there's a lot of things I would have changed at the beginning. One is having a better plan when we started. Yeah, and I would have gotten a better mic and everything plan, plan, plan. Unlike where our shows now are well-planned and thought out before we even record, that's one of the big things I think we should have definitely done. Let me ask you this, Marty. Yes. 
Do you read any blogs? Oh, yeah. You do? Well, I mean, I'm always on the internet just kind of surfing around and, and reading stuff. So I don't know if there's particular blogs I read all the time, but usually if there's an article or something that may pop up, I'll go go read them. Especially news articles. I like news articles. Like gaming news sites. ICV2. Oh, yeah. I like subscribe to them. I love the stuff they put out. Yeah, and I read some blogs. It depends on the. I, I don't like you. I don't subscribe to any particular blogs, but I do if I'm looking for something like, oh, I don't know what's the difference between this squirrel and that squirrel. I'm all over those blogs. <laughs> exactly, which is kind of useful for the question that we had earlier. Yes. Ron asked, "Would you ever do a live or pre-recorded play of D and D?" Well, this kind of rolls back to the talk, the topic we had earlier about the My Little Pony RPG. Mm-hmm. I think if we had the right people. And we had the right topic. I think it might be very entertaining. Tony, there are a lot of people out there that kind of do the live playthroughs and they're long and they're not that great. But people like uh, Borth Life has theirs that are really good. They're cut to an hour. You kind of got to record it knowing that you're uh, there for people to listen to. My Little Pony actually might be kind of funny. So we maybe not D&D or potentially D&D, but I think it could be possible. I agree with you. I mean, I would consider it, but I would definitely have... I think we would ha- definitely have to script it because you, it could go on and on. You don't yep. want to do that. I mean, you you tried it with the uh, Google Hangout um, and Lance and you and, yes. Sue and everybody that was with you. But that now. wasn't record. Well, I guess he did record yeah. it. But, but yeah, it, it can kind of just go off the rails and you kind of, if we were going to do it, we got to make sure that it's entertaining for people to listen to. T.R. Knight, a guy, great editor for rules and all that. Mm-hmm. T.R., great guy. He wants to know what has changed in four years. I just think it's, continues to grow in momentum and getting people out there and getting people to see how board games have changed. It's not what you think. TR, just the other day, and this was something I was going to ask Marty about the topic to discuss, you know, I'm standing in Target and people are looking at games and I look at them and I actually go, let me help you. Really? Oh, yeah. And what did you point them towards? Well, they were looking at Apples to Apples. Nothing wrong with Apples to Apples. No. The Apples to Apples was actually one of the first party games we got. And I, and I look at the guy and go, what are you doing? He goes, well, my family's in town for Thanksgiving and we're going to play a game. Mm-hmm. And um, then I'm going to take it back and, and with my friends. And I go, let me, here, here code name the regular code name is not the code name black right right okay. the regular code names i explained the two different rule sets to them at the only way i can and he <laughs> they were like oh that sounds much better i think i think so and so would enjoy this more than apples to apples i said oh yeah it's, it's a very good game and sure enough code names walked out the door you're welcome target <laughs> Actually, you cost the money because apples to apples cost more. That's true. Uh, I would agree. So what about you? It has grown a lot. The space has grown. There's more and more board games to choose from. I really think it's, we got to the point where we're, people are getting really innovative mm-hmm. because now you got to be different. And that's what's exciting to me. It seems like every time we review a game, I'm always looking like, well, how is this different than anything else out there? And if it comes up with something that's just a little bit innovative, it shoots straight to the top of my rankings because it is a little bit different than everything else. So it's great seeing a variety, but I also think it's bringing out a lot of creativity too in the designers. TR, I appreciate the question about favorite games published each year since we've been doing this. We're going to hold that off. We'll probably bring Resurrect that later. I think yep. that's a great question. We don't want to lose that one, but we're running long on time and we're going to kind of move on. Now, I will say... The element from the podcast that I would love to bring back has always been 
where we record people at the board game uh, group meetups and ask them particular questions. I would enjoy bringing that one back. And we had a name for that. Yeah, at the table. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> I couldn't remember what it was. Yeah, so we were constant. I was going to. Uh, I was going to monthly board game groups. Oh, and rub yeah. that. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, but yeah, that was a fun little segment, and that uh, that's that's easy when do get a question like some of these and ask people and get their thoughts and everything. With Restoration Games announcing their first three games, what classic games of the past would you like to see them bring back to the market? Well, let's just talk about Restoration Games for a moment. Restoration Games uh, was started with Rob Davio's part of it, and the idea is going back to the 70s and 80s and getting uh, those old games and like redoing them a little bit, maybe changing the theme, tweaking the rules, and re-release them again. And they just announced their first three games. And those three games are Indulgence, which will re-implement the old Dragon Master game, Downforce, which will re-implement Top Race, and Stop Thief. And Tony... I think that's the one you're probably excited about because you've mentioned that on this show before. Yeah, Stop Thief was one of my first board games that I got. Now, I got it when it came out as a kid, and it was, you know, a $40 game with a handheld electronic device. In today's dollars, probably be one of the $80 games. I don't know. Didn't do the quick math here. But Stop Thief, oh, I am so excited to see that game come back out. It is. I'm going to, it will be a pre-order for me just because my wife and I both, when talked about it, when she saw I had Stop Thief, she was like, I can't believe you still have this game. I played this constantly. Love that game. Yeah, and it's going to use an app now instead of the little electronic device to do the same thing, which I, I think is really cool. But the question was, what other games would you like to see come out? Now, Thunder Road's on the list. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think Thunder Road is on a lot of people's list. But as a kid, a game that I used to love is this game called Chopper Strike, uh, which was basically a World War II themed game where you had these tanks and you had this acrylic tabletop that's set over top of the board where you put uh, helicopters and you try to attack each other. Um, I don't know that would make a good one for this because it's only like a two-player game, but that's just one that kind of first came to my mind. I think another one I'd love to see since he's already going into the app world would be Dark Tower. I think that would be a great game for him to bring back out and just follow up Stop Thief. Bonnie asked if the apocalypse was nigh, you had loved ones and cherished when cherished friends gathered near already and had time for what was the last game. What would it be? Well, if it's just my family and the friends aren't around and things like that, I think I would probably pull out, and I hate to say this, but it's my family's favorite game. I think they would love to play one last game of Ticket to Ride. I think that would probably be the one game that Rebecca and Donna would enjoy playing. Well, I'd want to make it as long as possible, so you know what I would do? I would pull out one of those three to five hour scenarios of Mansions of Madness, and since the world's ending anyway, why not play a game based on the apocalypse? I can understand that. You might as well. And then if they really hate you, then they may take you out early. Oh, that's true. And then like when you die in the game, it's like, well, what does it matter? I'm really just going to die eventually. Sebastian, we love our LCGs here. He asked, do you prefer LCGs or CCGs? You're, you're saying that without saying what the question is. Well, the, the question is, okay, you've already stated the question. LCGs, <laughs> living card games, love it. Don't want the collecting aspect anymore even though we just mentioned you know star wars Destiny. but that was yes, what, that's the one thing that we'd had a negative against it too yeah. was because it was collectible i love the idea of the collectible card games i mean opening those destiny boosters was kind of cool mm-hmm. but it is it's a short thrill right i did get a legendary by the way oh yeah i got three booster packs and one of them was a legendary but there's that thrill of opening and see what you got but it kind of decreases over time because once you've opened enough of them you're just getting duplicates of everything so i definitely feel lcg it's probably a little less money and you'll have to buy one thing and you get all that you need from that that one pack so definitely lcg for me will arkham horror replace lord of the rings no it's two different 
things. I don't see them, you know, unless they run out of topics for Lord of the Rings. I don't see it happening. Will it kill off Lord of the Rings? I don't know that fans... God, that's tough. Because I know a lot of people that like Lord of the Rings, they're now moving over to Arkham Horror. Uh, because it's more narrative. But you got to be thinking, too, the FFG is probably has a sunset plan already in place for Lord of the Rings. It has been around since, what, 2011? Because it's getting kind of long in the tooth. Yeah. I think as they see people move over, that they'll probably start enacting their, their sunset plans for the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, but Grey Havens, we haven't even touched on that yet for Lord of the Rings, and it added so much to the game. So who knows what they're going to do. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Now, if I were to play a game with a historical figure, I would love to... I'm just going to say, in general, I would love to play a war game with a general like Patton, Rommel, or one of those guys, and just see their minds going through it. That's what I would enjoy. I mentioned earlier in the uh, uh, show that uh, one of my favorite books, or my favorite book is uh, War of the Worlds from H.G. Wells. H.G. Wells also invented miniature games. He invented Little War, so I'd love to go back in time and play that first game that actually kicked off this whole hobby. Jeffrey asked, why do you re-roll games you haven't played? If you haven't played a few, why not bang several at once? And why is Rob so loud? Jeffrey, I think you wrote a comment to a different show. These are all questions for Blue Peg, Pink Peg, because they're the ones with the re-roll segments, and they're the one with Loud Rob. I understand, but maybe he's just asking our general opinion. Oh, in general? Our general opinion. Why do you re-roll games you haven't played? Well, I don't know. I wonder why they re-roll games they that's haven't played. That's that a very good question. I need to ask Patrick and, and Rob that sometime. And bang out a few several at once? Well, it's a time con- commitment. You know, think about it. And do you? could you imagine having to play several games multiple times with loud, loud Rob? I have played games with loud Rob. Oh, I'm glad you could say loud Rob. Loud Rob. I, I can't do it. I don't, I don't know why Rob is loud. Why is Rob so loud? Uh, it's just his it's just uh, bubbly, bubbly personality. personality. It's coming out. Hey, if you haven't ever checked out their show, you really should go check it out at Blue Peg, Pink Peg. They're, they're a great bunch of people. We like having fun with them. They're one of our friends that we get to pick on and everything. They actually came on our episode 100, so that was, that was great of them to, to come on. What movie, Chris um, asked us, what movie or TV show really needs this a good This is Chris from Flip the Table. That's right. What movie or TV show really needs a good board game version, a good one? And I think for me, just because it could work, I think it would be an interesting to see a Gilligan's Island. What? What? Isn't that Robinson Crusoe? Sort of, kind of. Or the one I mentioned to Matt and Rob was, I would love to see a Johnny Quest game. Oh, that's that's a really interesting IP. I mentioned earlier that one of my top movies was The Matrix. Mm-hmm. I think doing some sort of board game where basically you jack in and do things but there's like two different worlds. There's like the cyber world where you can do things and you have like superpowers and stuff, but outside you're kind of normal. It'd be kind of interesting to see some sort of mechanic where you could do something like that, where uh, in one place you're like super strong and you're super fast and everything, but in another place you're, you're just normal. I don't know. Uh, that's just kind of off the top of my head. TR jumps in here for another question. Well, what's the deal with that? He gets two questions. Well, that's fine. Another answer. one. It's a rank them. Here we go. First, ep- our first episode, our first anniversary episode, the 100th episode, and the fourth anniversary episode, which is the one we're recording right now. All right. Well, it's going to be 100th, first anniversary, fourth anniversary, first episode. If you could only figure out how to delete that file, <laughs> I'm going to go in the same order. I'm going to go 100th because I thought it was my like, favorite. 
than this one because I know it's going to sound better than probably our first anniversary episode. And then the first episode, they always say that you should record the first episode multiple times and release the best. Nope, Tony, we just recorded it once and released it. And it was probably the worst. Once again, and then TR ranks us to rank some famous squirrels, Rocky, Hammy, and Slappy. Well, for me, it's going to be Slappy. Rocky, then Hammy. I didn't even know who Hammy was. That's why he's third. It was, but I had to look it up. And it was in the movie something uh, over the hedge. Over the hedge. Yeah, he was the one that he drank the uh, the energy drink at yes, the end, yes. and he was able to beat everything. What was your number one? Slappy. Oh, from Animaniacs. Oh yeah. Oh man, she's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to go Rocky just because it's old school. But but slam uh, Slammy. Uh, Slappy is ro- slamming. Where did that come from? Slappy is is right up there with Rocky and, and then Hammy. David asks, uh, if I remember correctly, you two were big Magic players. What game or games bridged the transition? Well, it wasn't Magic. We were the Lord of the Rings CCG players. And what games bridged it for me, Tony? It was actually the ones that most people say. When you and I were looking into board games, I did an internet search. What's popular board games? And what came up? Settlers of Catan, Ticket to Ride. It was kind of the old classics, which you think of as gateway games that actually bridged. But we did have a big one that we decided to tackle strictly based on the IP and who we were playing with. And that was StarCraft, the board game. And when you got that game, I think that's what put me over the edge. Playing StarCraft. And I was like, oh, this is what a board game can be. And I was like, okay, I'm hooked. I'm done. Put me in here. And then Pandemic. And bringing my wife in, that's just, okay, we're done. There we go. We got board games from now on. Yeah. And boy, that StarCraft box is huge. I remember getting that out and we were like, oh my gosh, that took us a long time to learn. That was a tough game for us to jump into early on. Yeah, but it was so good. But boy, we jumped in feet first right into the well, deep end. it was end. the IP. It was the IP. It was the IP. I mean, and we were sitting did- there yeah, making siege tank noises and having fun and making fun of one another. Because all four of us were big StarCraft fans at the time, and, and we just knew the, the theme really well. Well, Dan asks you, who has better tea, <laughs> Bojangles or McAllister's? Because I hate tea. How can you as a Southerner hate tea? You like fried chicken and you don't like tea? Tea just does not taste good to me. I don't know why. It just doesn't. Can't help it. It's the way it is. So I can answer this for me. <laughs> I'll I'll answer it since you don't have yeah. it. To, I'm gonna because I went there today. I'm, I'm gonna have to go McAllister's. McAllister's has really really good tea, and because it's very consistent. The thing is with Bojangles is sometimes their tea is really really good, but also it could be not very. <laughs> that's good, Bart. That's a great statement right there. It could be really really good. Or it cannot be really, really good. It's a great game or it's not a great game. <laughs> I, you know, it's like you could classify everything that way. So I'm going to go with the place that's more consistent. And no matter what McAllister's I go to, it always tastes the same. So that will be my pick. But McAllister's ruined their chicken tortilla soup. I never get their chicken tortilla soup. How did they ruin the soup? They made it so it's so spicy that it's really... I mean, people probably go, oh, you're f- full of crap. But no, it's gotten to the point where it's so spicy, I just... I can't tolerate it anymore. And that was one of our go-tos. Chili and chicken tortilla. But uh, Mine is choose two, and I get the spud ole along with a garden salad and honey mustard. Carb it up. I hear you and then think you're doing well with the salad. I like it. <laughs> the way it should go. And honey mustard. <laughs> and honey mustard. Well, guys, thank you so much for submitting all the questions over on our guild or our Facebook page. Be sure to like us. I don't know why it took me only three years to like our own Facebook page. <laughs> it's true. He didn't like our own Facebook page forever. It's like, Tony, you do realize you don't even like our page. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. How you do that? Uh-huh. 
you have hung around to the point where it's time for us to give back. All we do is give, 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 never take. Yeah, right. We take a lot. So <laughs> we take their time. We, we, <laughs> we take their attention. Either way, once again, as we have done since the first year, we are going to post a survey out there. You can find the link in our blog. You can see it um, all over our Board Game Geek Guild and on the Facebook page. But it will be 10 questions like we've done every year. It will be a Google form. And actually, there's only nine questions and the email so that we can contact you to win various prizes, which will be picked randomly at the beginning of next year. That's right, Marty. We're giving away some more gift cards. Uh, that's right. Actually, you're going to get your choice. From all those that enter, we're going to choose three people, and you will have your choice of either a $25 gift card to the Broken Token or to Fun Again Games. You've got to put your email in. That's going to be required. And actually, all the questions are going to be required, people. It's not like my other surveys where I let you just put your email in to put your name in a random. You're going to have to fill out everything. And they're going to be simple, like, is this show too, not this particular show. This show may particularly be too long this time. But we're saying, <laughs> in general, are the shows are the right length? Are they not the right length? What do you like um, for us to do? What do you want to hear more of? Things like that. And then, there, of course, there'll be the open comment. That one will not be required, but you'll find the link on our blog at the Board Game Geek Guild, as well as our Facebook page. Go fill it out. Good luck to everyone. That's right. You will have a chance of winning three. No, you won't get three gift cards. You'll get one. The survey is going to close on the 31st of December, New Year's Eve. So while you're out there celebrating, don't forget before the clock strikes midnight to sit down and fill out our survey. That's right, guys. Don't delay. Don't let the holidays get in the way. If you want to be entered into this, fill out the survey as soon as you can. Now, four years, Marty. I can't believe you've put up with me that long. I mean, Donna's put up with me for over 25 years. I've put up with you for more than 25 years. I know. Can you imagine that? Our wives haven't known us as long as we've known each other. Actually, I met you a month after I met Vanessa. Wow. Yeah, I met her right before I went to college. Okay. The summer I went That's to right. college. That's right. And then you didn't meet Donna until like Senior several year. years later. Yeah, so you just tell Donna I should trump everything. When it's, <laughs> it's, ga when it's game night, <laughs> you yeah. need to be coming over here for game night. Yeah. Don't give me no excuses like I got to go to a movie or something like that. Well, you know, Tuesday nights are movie nights. That's here just the way go. it goes. Here's That's the way all this it goes. I do want to mention something, Marty, that I forgot to do at the intro. Like, why is this show called In the Air Tonight? I'm in the Air Tonight is called In the Air because the whole thing was just in the air. It was just thrown into the air. All right, I'm going to go with that. So we received a game where we talked about or I talked about in episode 101. Okay. Okay. And it was Flag Dash from um, Peacekeeper Games, uh, Kirk Dennison's hit board game, Flag Dash. We received a copy, talked about it. It had the elements of StarCraft where you're putting down the orders and things like that. Congrats to Kirk. Ultra Pro picked it up. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So he kickstarted it. It was a number one ranked game down at BGG Con. And then Ultra Pro has picked it up. That's one of those diamonds in the rough. You know, mm -hmm. you may be hard to find it, but at least Ultra Pro will now get it out to everybody. That congrats, Kirk. That is awesome. If you get a chance to play it, give it a try. It's a very unique game. Think of Capture the Flag. It's Capture the Flag basically with movements and turning them over. It's really a neat game. But Kirk, and turning them over, you turn over the movements like in Star Trek. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. 
You've known me this long. You should know what I mean. But they don't know what you mean. This is true. So anyway. I've had 30 years to understand what you mean. They've had four. That's true. So anyway, Flag Dash Kirk, congratulations. That's awesome. Well, that's going to wrap up our fourth year, unbelievably, of RDTN. It's been a fantastic year. 2016 has been great. We can't wait for some big things in 2017. Tony and I have going to actually take a little little vacation. Typically, our show comes out every two weeks, but actually, we're going to postpone our next show for three weeks because it normally would have fallen in right in between Christmas and New Year's. And Tony and I found out that not a lot of people download and listen to podcasts uh, right during that time. So we're going to take that time. Uh, We're going to work on playing some games uh, to get some reviews ready. We're going to start working on the Squirrelies. Yes, the Squirrelies. I'm the squirrel- excited. The Squirrelies will be coming back again. That was a big hit for us last year, so they'll be coming back in again in February. So we're starting to work towards that. Our next episode is going to be Tuesday, January 3rd. Okay. So I want everybody to have a wonderful holiday. Merry Christmas, whatever you celebrate. I just hope you have a great time with your friends and family. I hope that you all get the board games that you were looking forward to get and spend time playing those games with your friends and family and get them into the hobby. Couldn't agree with you more. I've got it on the calendar to make sure that we're ready to record and ready to go so that something gets released January 3rd. Now, are you going to be able to get it edited in time? I mean, you're going to be partied in. I know what you're going to do. Yeah, yeah, because I'm a big partier over here. Are you going to go to the uh, steakhouse, the, um, what is is it the Tokyo Steakhouse thing where they you sit? Oh, I'll go to the Japanese Steakhouse every uh, New Year's Eve. That is that is correct. It's kind of a tradition with us. You and your meats. You got to love those, don't you? Well, that, that's in addition to the tradition we started three years ago or right before Christmas. We go to a Brazilian steakhouse. Oh, my God. Where it's just all you can eat the meats. And <laughs> Vanessa's like, I really don't want to do that again this year. And the boys are like, oh, no, we're going. And I've got three pretty big uh, sons that uh, love to eat a lot of meat. So they're going to get their money's worth. Yeah, I understand. The boy, the waiter, waiters or waitresses come around the table and just lay the skewer down on the table for y'all, for the yeah, boys. Yeah, they, and- sli- they don't even slice it off of the skewer they just lay it right on the plate and they start going at it thank you for an incredible 2016 we really appreciate all the support that you've given us the love you've given us over here rolling dice and taking names can you feel the love that's what i should have done that's what i should have done yeah it's in the air no i wish i'm still trying to figure out what that means keep rolling dice and taking names Follow us at Dyson Names. Like us on Facebook. Join our BGG Guild at 1589. Subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a review. Thanks for everybody's support over the past four years. We love all y'all. Y'all come back now. You hear? As we pointed out at the start of this episode, we asked you guys to help us celebrate our fourth year of doing Rolling Night. Dueling Room. Three, two... <laughs> One. Are you scared that Santa is going to leave coal in your stocking? Are you unsure of that package under the tree is going to be what you want? Are you really concerned that you got underwear again? Why not surprise yourself with your own package by ordering from Fun Again Games and getting that board game you want under the tree? Make sure you have something ready to go for that Christmas Eve game, or better yet, pick up that party game for New Year's. Be sure to check out all the great games at funagain.com.